I should have tested my microphone before we started this, but good luck. Tested? Yeah. I can hear you. Can yeah. you not hear you? Oh, no, I can hear me. I just should have made sure that I could hear me. And, and you don't you. need to hear anything. Oh. <laughs> and we're your about sidekicks. I did it too early. I'm going to do it again. And no. <laughs> and we're your about sidekicks. Third time's the charm. <laughs> Guys, today we're talking about neurodivergence and it's hypothesized linked to mediumship psychic abilities and everything super cool are you ready no <laughs> always never ready so over the past few podcasts and videos we have given you tidbits of information about this very weird topic that we're going to cover tidbits something like that those are my armpits right now specifically so sweaty moist and uh, caked in native deodorant that they are now tidpits, not tidbits or pit pits. They're tidpits. Well, <laughs> let's start with what is neurodivergence? Can you tell already that we are both neurodivergent? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we just re-filmed a section of our neurodivergence YouTube video and I already had to point out the cat that was outside at least three times. His name is Milo, if you wanted to know. He's a gray boy and he's super, super cute. He's Tofu's boyfriend. He's a very shiny coat. If no, I he was doesn't, Tofu, he's fucking covered in dirt. He, he lives is, outside. Doesn't mean he go can't look have, at him. Doesn't mean he can't have a shiny coat. Not when it's covered in dust. I think he has a shiny coat. If go I touch was him, Tofu, he probably will get fleas. If I was Tofu, uh-huh. I'd be like, oh wah, oh wah, oh wah. Okay, <laughs> Tofu just likes anything that has four legs. <laughs> and me. <laughs> so, what is neurodivergence? Neurodivergence simply means. Someone who thinks differently than the majority. So, neurodivergence in itself is not a disorder, but there are a lot of disorders that fall underneath it. So, Liv is ADHD. I am autistic. We are both psychic mediums. Do these things correlate? Maybe we can prove that to you. (laughs) On this TED Talk, join us as we deep dive into all things metaphysical. As your meta psychics! Wow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the people got to know. I didn't do the little intro where I'm like, this is meta psychics or sidekicks, all things metaphysical. This is M. I'm Liv. And we are psychic mediums. And these are the things that we talk about. Well, I mean, I think they know by this point. And if oh. you don't, go listen to the rest of them. What are you doing? Why are you on this one? Well, maybe because they're neurodivergent. Well, if they are neurodivergent, it, we don't even have to explain what this is about because they're either in or out right now. <laughs> so I guess we don't need an intro. You're welcome. So, since neurodivergence is a different way of thinking, it allows you to have a different way of thinking. And this directly correlates to mediumship because you have to have a certain mindset in order to get information from your head from other spirits. You know what I'm saying? That was a, a lot of the things that a lot of the repeated words over and over again. Yeah, I looked up the definition of neurodivergence and they used the word divergence in the definition. And I feel because like it's neurodivergence and divergence are two different words. Yeah, <laughs> but well, they're not. They're two different words, but you can't use a word that's in the word. No, you you, you can. I literally was taught words. in school that when you define a word, you should not use a word or a part of the word in its definition. And it made me annoyed. But yeah, neurodivergence basically allows you to be able to fathom getting psychic information within your head. So a lot of people, there's different ways of thinking. Like you might think in images, you might have an inner monologue, you might literally think in clear thoughts. 
this is kind of translates to the Claire's if you want to think about it in that way. And if you don't have like the ability to picture things, it's going to be drastically harder for you to get clairvoyant information. And the same thing with having an inner monologue. If you don't have an inner monologue, having voices in your head might be something really hard for you to fathom. So it's going to make it drastically harder for you to get that type of information if you have these blocks set in place saying that you that is impossible for you to think in a different way or a different manner. But my spirit guides have told me that people who are neurodivergent or people who are neurotypical, it doesn't necessarily matter. You may have these like different ways of thinking, but there is ways around it. So with clairvoyance, we talk about physical clairvoyance where it is basically they make you notice things within your physical environment. So if you have the ability to see things within your physical environment, they can show you that information, not within your head, but within your physical space. So there are ways around like not being able to picture things in your head or not being able to hear sounds or voices in your head by using like your physical environment. But it is still about that opening your mind up to different kinds of information. What are you writing down? Um, stuff that you say that piques my interest. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're talking about neurodivergence and neurotypical people. So, I don't know. I was thinking about how they use divergent in the definition of neurodivergence. And divergent just means to split off from one branch of something else and become different. So, it makes me think of, like, two two forks in a road type of thing. So, like, one of them is very straight and narrow if you want to think about neurotypical or at least the brain the mindset that we're talking about you can think about as two paths like the whole robert frost type thing so neurotypical people at that divergence within the what is it yellow woods i don't remember the poem anyways neurotypical thinking is going to be very straight and narrow it's going to continue in the same direction same path and just like the path is going to be super super i don't know probably like it's nice. like the beaten path you think? The path that people walk on all the time. Yeah, but then if you go to the other side, the neurodivergent side, that thing is going to be going loop-de-loops. Like, there's going to be tree houses. There's going to be, like, a lake, a pond, a resort. All of the gravel is going to be different at least every three to five feet because we're going to be like, all right, this week we're going to be super, super organized. This path is going to be awesome. It's only going to be made out of, like, I don't know, limestone because everything is going really good in our life. And then all of a sudden there's just like a pit that goes down to the bottom of the earth. There's a dragon shooting out of it. You're talking to things. There's animals everywhere. And it's just, it's, that's how I feel like neurodivergent people think, think. about the world. Because yeah. it all comes down to Jellybean wants to give her two cents on neurodivergence. And no one's up there to tell her to stop barking. <laughs> and it's all right. She'll get over it. But it's how people perceive the world. I feel like people that are neurodivergent maybe don't feel a lot you know you mean neurotypical yeah sorry neurotypical okay. <laughs> I feel like you're I don't know I'm it's in my relationship as somebody that has ADHD and is a psychic medium I have had conversations with my fiance about how he thinks that my emotions are too erratic or well, spontaneous neurotypical people have a like very set way of 
having these emotions and they understand those emotions but when you're neurodivergent from a young age people have told you that your emotions are overly dramatic because you might be having emotions about being overstimulated for some reason but no one told you you're being overstimulated that's why you're having emotions it's because neurotypical people don't understand why you're having those emotions. Ah, uh, so it goes into like overstimulation because of how we as neurodivergents perceive the world. Everything is always usually probably overwhelming. And if it's not, it's because we've been able to understand all of the overwhelming information and take it in a different way so that we're not as overwhelmed. But I think that's the big difference between the two and like a good way to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were just getting into the Claire's. And well, like- there's a lot of people that think that neurotypical people, or sorry, autistic people, people, they think that autistic people don't have empathy. Interesting. Because um, something relating to they don't understand social cues, so how would they be able to understand like emotional cues? But it's like there are people who are autistic that like have a hard time understanding empathy, but a lot of us understand it too much and we understand it more on other people than we do for ourselves because we again haven't had people explain our emotions to us but we have had like neurotypical emotions explained to us so we are more empathetic and understand those things but people who are neurotypical don't think that we perceive it that way because we will express our empathy in ways that are I don't know if narcissistic is the right word, but people will think if you're saying something really awful happened to you and us as neurodivergent people are going to come in and be like, hey, something similar happened to me and us as neurotypical or neurodivergent people are going to be like, this is relating to your thing so I can relate to you. But the neurotypical person is going to be like, you're making it about you. Oh, yeah. I've run into that a lot. And it's, I, yeah, I watched something about that because people think, like you said, it's narcissistic, but for us, it's just saying, oh, it's I want a way of empathy. Yeah. It makes, <laughs> we think, oh, I'm going to tell you that I went through something similar because then it'll make you feel like you're not alone because you're not. And they take it the other way. So you said that neurodivergence, neurotypical is a way that people think that is normal within the marginal I don't know, population of people, but then neurodivergence is a different way people's brains function and perceive the world around them. And it's not a disorder. However, there are psychological or mental health disorders that fall under the category of neurodivergence, which in and of itself is not a disorder. So you have ADHD. No, you have autism. I have, I have ADHD. ADHD as well, but... Yeah, we'll get into the cone conical explanations of those two because I really like how yours is the opposite of mine because if you guys are new to this well, podcast, we're twin flames, so it makes sense that it's opposite. I think we both have ADHD and autism, but we have them in different ways. We have them in opposite ways. Yes, the conical structure is how you explained it to me of yeah. how information is filtered into our like brains every day but I just wanted to touch on that ADHD and autism are not the only disorders that fall under the category of neurodivergence there's also um, I think Tourette's was one of them and uh, a couple other ones that I don't think I have enough remembrance to mention but I know Tourette's was one of them for sure so I'm going to say it but for you how do you perceive the world on an everyday basis as somebody that has more predominantly possibly 
or just (laughs) the way that I perceive information because of the like hypersensitivities that I have with my autism is that I take in information very simply which is a very autistic way of thinking it's very much like taking a whole bunch of different things like taking an entire picture and simplifying it down to the patterns so that I am able to understand an entire concept but in a very simple manner so it's because I have autism and ADHD the way that my brain works is that the ADHD wants to do a lot of things at once but my autism wants everything to be simplified to like the highest extent so my life looks very like organized and put together because I'm autistic, but I'm also doing way too many things that I could ever possibly do. And the reason why I'm able to do a lot of things is because my autism simplifies those things where the ADHD is the one that brings in more things to complicate it. So if you were to look at a a painting and the painting is like a landscape with certain things going on, how would you view that My brain would find all of the patterns within it because that's an autistic thing to do. However, the ADHD would be like, here's all of these things that you're seeing and the autism would just simplify it down to its like most simplified form. <laughs> so if you were looking at a painting with like a dude and a dog and he's in a landscape with like trees and then there's a house behind everything, how would you interpret that? The way you just said it. Autistic, sorry. <laughs> the most literal form as well. You wouldn't try to be like, you wouldn't try to read into it or figure out if there's anything more. You just take everything as face value. That is an autistic thing. Mm. Yes. Do I, am... I think about other things that can, could be going on? Yes. But also you told me exactly what the picture is. So you're autistic, just going to leave literal. it at that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm the opposite. I don't like to take things literally. And if I do, I have to. You like, do take things literally. Me? Mm-hmm. I don't think I do. I think if I'm doing things, I usually have to think way too much about it. And then at the end, I boil everything down to something else. But that's usually hard for me. If I look at things, I try to look at things in like eight different ways before I decide which one it is. So when people say things to me, literally, I've figured out that I have to try harder to take things literally than not. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I just want people to understand or at least have someone else to listen to to talk about how they perceive the world for me my fiance tells me that I'm very emotional and before I was clinically diagnosed with ADHD I have a background in science and my favorite topics to like nerd out on are ecology animal behavior and neuroscience so my brain just rationalized well it's it's weird because when I was like I don't know. Growing up, I didn't think I was that emotional of a person. I kind of thought that I was like a tomboy hard ass. And it wasn't until I turned about 18, 19 that I became super emotional. Like things, I just felt like I felt the world much more dramatically than I did when I was a child. And since then, people have pointed out to me or told me, oh, you're emotional. You like, I can't even listen to songs without crying. Is that normal for other people? What, to listen to songs without crying? Yeah. I'll, like, (laughs) see things outside that make me feel a certain way for a 
slew of reasons and i just get emotional about it that- well i think the reason why it happened the way that it did is because of how other people treat you because when you're a kid you're more accepting of things whereas when you start becoming a teenager that's when people are like you suck why are you like that <laughs> you're weird i so. mean i guess so i just i never thought i my explanation for it was not adhd or neurodivergence it was my brain has a lot of neurons that fire at the same time and that's why I get so much information about things much faster because a lot of people don't understand that everyone's brain is the same like phenotypically which means presenting to you physically but on a more microscopic scale the ways in which your neurons which you could equate to as wires and the connections between them are very very different which is why neurodivergence is possible and the different ways that people think is also possible on like a physiological genetic level so i was just like i don't know i got a lot more wires than i need to and they're all connected which is why i'm crying right now can you not tell me i'm emotional because i clearly understand that i am which goes into our next point of how neurodivergence directs directly to mediumship people who are neurodivergent have they're very detailed oriented and they get information very quickly so we just started talking about how we both get information Liv gets information very very quickly and she gets a lot of information all at once i am able to get a lot of information and simplify it to its most simple form That is how psychic information is received. Spirits speak really quickly. So you need to be able to have that like detailed oriented, yeah, that word. You need to be detailed detailed oriented. oriented. (laughs) Well, I was trying to say like detailed. I don't know. I don't think it's a word. Anyways. That's okay. Make it up. Do it. I dare you. No, I don't think my mouth can say it. I mean, I say interpreted, which is obviously not a word. Yeah, but the word that I wanted to say, my mouth wouldn't make it. Man, so. <laughs> I'm so sad. Which is what happened. The world However, people who are neurodivergent are very detailed-oriented, and they get information very quickly, and a lot of it, which directly correlates to psychic abilities because spirits speak very quickly. You get one image, and it a lot of times could be just a flash, and you just need to be able to understand the message immediately so people who have this like very detailed oriented mind are able to pick up all of the information at once it's like um they train cops to view a crime scene and when they're viewing the crime scene they're able or trained to pick up on the correct things within the crime scene in order to like be able to figure out what happened and who did it so they're they are trained to do that However, it's within your own mind and spirits know your mind so they know what you're going to pick up on. So when you're neurodivergent, they're able to give you more information all at once. So it's about those things which makes it easier for people who are neurodivergent to get psychic information. When I was researching the different disorders that fall under the category of neurodivergence, obviously I only paid most close attention to autism and ADHD since that's what we have as something relatable for us but it also with the other disorders that fall under the umbrella of neurodivergence the topic of synesthesia being a I mean I don't think it was a constant but it was something that was 
noted in each disorder that falls under neurodivergence. So a lot of people that have ADHD, I guess, according to, I think it was Psychology Today, which was one of the articles I was reading, said that synesthesia is a common thing that happens with people with ADHD as well as with autism. And I think Tourette's as well, because that's as far as I went. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about the Claire's, we have a video as well as another podcast called the Claire's where we talk about psychic synesthesia because your psychic abilities or the Claire's, which are seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, smelling, and knowing, those are your psychic abilities. And they're basically forms of synesthesia. If you want to take it from a non-spiritual perspective and break it down into more of like a psychological scientific analysis of it. So when Em and I talk about how we perceive the world and how we perceive psychic information, I believe that synesthesia or our psychic abilities play a huge part in it because they're linked to our disorders. Well, yes, but also I don't know that it's all necessarily synesthesia because I'm clairaudient. Our desk is obviously making noise because it's a desk, but most people would tell me that I'm psychically hearing the desk. I think that's a form of synesthesia, though, because but if it's you being it is it okay. Synesthesia is when a it's when you get sensory information from something that is not stimulated. Mm-hmm. But if I'm hearing the desk because it's making noise, that would fall under like normal. But a, a um, a I'm ner- not seeing it. I'm not feeling it. I'm hearing it because it's making a sound. But you have to think about it from a neurotypicals point of view. A neurotypicals point of view would say this desk is not making noise because there is nothing running through it. It is an inanimate object. So therefore it cannot make noise unless you physically do something to it, which would evoke a sound. So you putting your hand on it would allow the desk in order to make a noise. However, something like our computer or the lights, those can make a noise because there's energy going through them in a different way. So a neurotypical person's mind would go, those things can make noises. I just can't hear them because I don't have as sensitive as hearing as you. But metaphysically hearing the desk, I think is a form of synesthesia. I don't think so. I think, so when I hear the desk, I will also see the uh, vibrations going through it. Me seeing the sound going through it is a form of synesthesia. Me hearing the desk that is making a sound, even though you can't hear it, is not synesthesia because it's being stimulated and it's producing a sound (laughs) you know no (laughs) it has nothing to do with neurotypical people being able to hear the sound oh i think it does i don't what you just said (laughs) synesthesia is it's when you get sensory information from something that's not being stimulated yeah even though you think that my ears aren't being stimulated by this desk that's making sound Mm-hmm. It's still making a sound. So I'm being stimulated to hear a sound. Hearing and sound go together. Hearing and seeing an image do not. But it's still which is would fall under synesthesia. Sensory information is still your five senses, which is taste, touch, hear, smell, feel. Okay. Hearing is the sensory. Yes. Thing. Hearing goes into sound that would correlate because my ears are being stimulated by the sound of the desk and it is producing something that directly correlates to hearing which is sound you think that you're physically hearing the desk yeah i think i'm metaphysically hearing the desk 
but you're still being stimulated by it in the correct manner. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I don't think a neurotypical person. No, I, think I understand. Synesthesia is when you hear sounds, or sorry, when you see sounds. My brain really like thought about that. So you don't have but to you... look at the desk in order to hear it. No, I'm saying synesthesia is me being able to see the vibrations going through at the desk instead of hearing them. <laughs> I am hearing an image. Okay. That is synesthesia because they don't relate to each other. Anyways, since we're talking about synesthesia, we can go into the hypersensitivities of neurodivergence. So a lot of disorders and a lot of people who are neurodivergent have hypersensitivities in regards to like their five senses and with other things as well. So with that, that also directly correlates into the Claire's. So I have absolutely intense physical hearing of everything. So that directly goes into me being very Claire audience. And I also have hypersensitivity to light, which directly correlates to me being able to be very clairvoyant. So it's those types of things. And we were just talking about synesthesia. I literally think that I'm physically hearing a desk and I will like show people rocks and I'd be like, you can't hear the sound coming off of this rock. Because to me, why would there be a difference? Like people are like, you're psychically hearing the desk. It's making a sound. Everything makes a sound because you're existing. So obviously I would be able to hear it. So it's things like that. Yeah. I don't know. For me, I just feel like there's an emotional value to a lot of things. I'm very, very color oriented. I really love colors. Colors make me feel things. Colors make me see things a certain way. And I don't know. I just feel like when I look at things, it color makes a lot of differences. And light, too. M, I think you explained in our nature video how you don't like light because light is loud to you. Well, everything's loud to me because I'm <laughs> hypersensitive to it. I feel like you're hyposensitive to light, which is the opposite. I think it's just how I feel because sometimes I get overstimulated if it's too bright and it's too hot or if it's just too bright and it's too cold because both of those things together overstimulate me and stress me out. But if it's dark, the reason I don't like it being dark is because sometimes I don't want it to be quiet because quietness makes me feel a certain way. So it's okay. how things make me feel that dictates whether or not I like it or not at that point in time. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> well, like the other day, you like when it rains outside. I usually don't like when it rains, at least during the day, because I get sad. So when it rains outside and everything's quiet energetically, and when I say energetically, it's like as a whole, or when, you know, sometimes you can feel electricity in the air when there's a thunderstorm coming. Mm -hmm. When there is not that electricity in the air makes me super sad when it's dark and raining outside. But if it's going to rain outside and there's that electricity that you can feel outside, that's when I like when it's dark and raining. Got you. Does that make sense? Do you have hypersensitivities to things? Yes. Like what? Um, sometimes I am very hypersensitive to when people are really close to me. 
But again, it depends on how I feel. Sometimes I need things to be closer to me, but sometimes if things get too close, I get really upset about it. So is it touch? Yeah, I think I'm very hypersensitive to touch. Um, Is it smell too? Yes. (laughs) I don't think it's necessarily touch. I think if someone's next to me, they don't have to touch me. I just don't like when things get really close to me sometimes. That's why I don't like wearing pants. Pants really make me annoyed. I really don't like wearing socks. Socks also make me really annoyed. I don't like wearing long-sleeved things if they're baggy because I feel like they're moving too much and they're on top of me, like someone's weighing me down. So then how does those things relate to your psychic abilities? Mm. <laughs> well, when if, if a spirit is standing close to me, I feel like proximity of their presence metaphysically is what helps me get information sometimes some spirits are more intense than others and if one spirit is more intense than the other I'll have to like retailer how I'm talking to them or I guess interpreting their information that they're giving me because if someone's farther away from me I don't know it just it makes me feel different yeah I just think it's funny that you're like can't see but you're very clairvoyant. <laughs> I gave a reading to a, a really, really nice woman and they were blind and their most strong Claire was clairvoyance. Yeah. It's really cute. I also have auditory processing disorder, which correlates or is like core, like, I don't Correlated. know, correlates directly to autism mm-hmm. and I'm very clairaudient, but I have hypersensitivity to sound I just have a hard time understanding or processing sound through my brain. Well, it's probably because <laughs> when we're doing, when we're receiving psychic information or medium, it's like psychic information, it's be, it's very, very different because it's not physical. It's non-physical. So I feel like these ways that we interpret or perceive our world non-physically even though we live in a physical existence is directly correlated to how we perceive metaphysical information because it's not physical it's almost like it's i feel like it's easier for us to get metaphysical information and perceive it because we're more comfortable with having things given to us in a much more for back of lack of a better word sensual way It's very, very personal. I I feel like a lot of the times when I'm getting information from spirit or other metaphysical things, that's why when things physically happen, I'm much more affected by it because I don't need that much physical stimulation. Does that make any sense? Kind of. A lot. I feel like the stuff that people struggle with when it comes to intuition and psychic abilities is that they're like, I feel like I can't feel it. I can't hear it. I can't see it. And it's like, well, it's just a block. They're blocked by physicality. But you and I every day because of our disorders, ADHD, autism, falling under neurodivergence, we are hypersensitive to a lot of the physical things in our environment to the point where I walk up to you Or you walk up to me and we know what emotion we're in. We don't need to talk about it. We don't need to have some sort of physical whatever about it. Well, they're also a lot of neurotypical people are picking it up. They just don't know that it's like happening. Not them. Uh, Ah, yeah. Well, that's the other side of the coin too. Because they've been told that it shouldn't be. (laughs) Yeah. 
So it's like when people, like, it's like when you know someone when they walk up, even though you've never met them before, you just know them. Mm-hmm. And it's like people, neurotypical people or just people in general will be like, well, I just knew them because of the way that they were standing or the way that they were dressed or the way that they looked or the way that they sounded. Mm. With but me- you might just know that because of clairsentience or claircognizance. Or like people that have animals, I'll walk over their house and I'm like, oh, your cat does this or your cat does that without their cat even having to like talk to me. They're like, how do you know that? And I'm like, I don't, don't know. <laughs> I mean, just look yeah. at them. That's why I really like animal behavior. A lot of people have to put a physical stipulation on the understanding of what the animal is doing and why. That's the physical stipulation is the why. And I feel like you don't necessarily have to link it to physical things all the time, but that's what blocks people. Yeah. So this also, I want to talk about synesthesia again. So again, synesthesia is when you are being triggered to have a sense, but you have sense that is not like related to the the one that is being stimulated. And this also goes directly into mediumship because it is it allows us to get more information about things. So we could have a sight trigger something. So there, the physical clairvoyance thing, if you are being directed to look at something, a lot of times you will get more psychic information about that one thing that you're looking at. And you seeing that thing is not necessarily like, obviously you're being physically stimulated by seeing this thing. However, it's triggering you to hear a memory or to I don't know smell banana bread something like that (laughs) I like that you (laughs) use that (laughs) I don't know I feel like that's the like cliche go-to for um smells psychic smells yeah but that's just it happened it's from one of our past episodes it's really cute I if you're unfamiliar with synesthesia or what it is the best way I like to explain it because people can go and watch it is ratatouille when um what is his name his name is not actual rat actually ratatouille i don't know but anyways the one rat who's the chef gives his brother a piece of cheese that he stole from the kitchen or from someone's house and they're all so used to eating garbage all the time that when he gives his brother the cheese his brother just like immediately wolfs it down and doesn't think about what it actually tastes like and he's like no 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 spit it out and then he makes him eat it again and is like you have to enjoy what it is that you are eating because there's so many cool things about it and then they the disney animation people did a really good job of animating the different flavors that little ratatouille mouse rat is perceiving with colors so that is a really good way to understand synesthesia it's getting some sort of sense that isn't related to what you're physically doing and doesn't really make rational sense so seeing these colors associated with the flavors of cheese within a rat's mind is going to be a form of synesthesia yeah so that's kind of how it directly relates to mediumship because spirits are able to basically trigger uh trigger your senses but it also triggers other messages that go along with it and we were talking to or i was talking to our patrons about um about the six clairs and directly there's 
the five clairs that correlates to like us being human and having feelings emotions and then our five senses but then claircognizance deals with thoughts and it's interesting because the other five deal with like our senses as a human being and i feel like we talked about this in another video or podcast i'm not entirely sure but Liv told me that claircognizance is kind of like how spirits communicate it's like easiest for them to communicate through clear thoughts so she refers to it as like the sixth sense but us as psychic mediums but also the fact that we're human beings we kind of need all of this other information to kind of fill in the blanks or to kind of focus our attention to something because if you just get a clear thought it's like well why am i thinking about this why do i need all this information where is this coming from and we get all these other like factors like if you're talking to a spirit and you just get an absolute clear thought and you're like yep that's a good thought you might think it's your thought but if you see them standing next to you obviously that's going to deter you from thinking it's your own thought or if you're not thinking about it you may think that it's like it's basically directly correlated to how we speak in like on earth within our physical environment how we speak with people we see them we see their facial expressions we see how they speak we hear how they speak all of these other things that are giving us information about the person but when we flip it over and try to talk to spirits if we don't have that information it's hard for us to fathom just getting clear thoughts so they kind of fill in the blanks with the rest of the clairs that relate directly to our five senses yes when i talk to clients during readings and i try to explain mediumship a little bit at least how i understand it for me and the clairs that i use during their reading i like to explain claircognizance as relating to the human sense of instinct you don't know why you know something you Hmm. just know that you know something and most times nine out of ten animals use instinct all the time it's innate they don't know why they feel like they're being stared at but they probably are it's just their ability to feel themselves and the surroundings around them and be more in tuned with not only themselves but their surroundings to know that something is probably about to eat their ass and they should run away but since animals don't think or have the same social structure necessarily as humans do they're not trained to not listen to their um instincts so when humans do that nine times out of the ten we're like hmm once we get old enough i don't understand why it feels like someone's staring at me i'm just gonna ignore it because it doesn't mean anything there's nothing around me that i can physically perceive that makes me feel like someone should be staring at me so it's not a big deal same thing with claircognizance you don't know how you know or why you know you just know and you either need to listen to it or you don't and for me claircognizance is sometimes the hardest but yeah emily we were at work one day and my one spirit guide gojo was like you know how you keep talking about all this trash with the claires and how clairvoyance is your strongest claire and clairaudience is emily's strongest claire and everyone has different strongest claires he's like that's because the clairs that you're talking about are most easily related to you as a human with your five physical senses but the one that you struggle to relate to anything is what claircognizance right it's just your instinct no one knows what instinct is most people's understanding of instinct is that it is something innate it's passed down it's just encoded within your genes to know these things like for a puppy uh, it's 
instinctual of a puppy, even though I have probably the most roly-poly, jiggly, non-aggressive creature in the history of the universe. When she was a baby Newfoundland, she would stalk things. We didn't teach her how to stalk things. It was instinct. So claircognizance is just something that is innate to who you are. And Gojo, my one spirit guide, told me that claircognizance is innate to all spirits and all souls. That is usually how they speak. So being able to have things with all of the other clairs is very much specifically tailored to human existence. So then is it hard for spirits to communicate with the other clairs? Yes, which is why sometimes when I'm doing readings with other souls, especially souls that have never talked to a medium before, <laughs> it is hard for them to communicate with me because they don't know how to communicate with me because my clairs might be different, especially, oh God, if I'm talking to somebody who passed that's neurotypical, very, very, very hard for them to communicate with me because they're like, oh man, not only Your brain is so weird. Not only am I a soul now and this is weird, but also I have to literally use ways in which you think that as a human, when I was alive, I never thought before to convey information through you to give to my human that's living right now. So yeah, sometimes during readings, my abilities to get information from souls is very, very different every single time because they have to work with how my brain works in order to convey information. And if it's something that's very different for them, the reading is very hard. Yeah, because the reason why I was asking that is I have a spirit guide that solely communicates through claircognizance. So every time she tries to talk to Liv, a lot of times she needs someone to help interpret the information. So like we went to a psychic, I think we talked about it um, in one of our last podcast. I went to a psychic that read my spirit guides and she was seeing Rosalie in my spirit guide, but she was also seeing Liv's spirit guide, <laughs> which wasn't a part of the reading. But the reason why Liv's spirit guide was there is because she has the like she has more knowledge of speaking through clairvoyance, which is what the psychic was able to pick up on. Claircognizance was hard for the psychic. So that's why another spirit had to help interpret stuff for Rosaline. And that happens with me too. When Rosaline M's spirit guide, who's mm -hmm. very claircognizant, wants to tell me something about M, Victoria will walk over to me in my mind's eye with Rosaline and I can see Rosaline talking to her and then Victoria conveys what it is that Rosaline can't convey to me in a way that she through claircognizance and Victoria uses clairvoyance to convey to me what M spirit guide wants to tell me. Got you. Yeah. She has spoken to you without Victoria a couple times. Yes. But it's like interesting. It's startling to me. Claircognizance <laughs> is wild. It's usually like 1%. Oh, she's also telling me that's why you thought that she was off standish because she wouldn't speak. Yeah. Because <laughs> the first time Liv saw her was when there was like a little dark thing in my house. And the dark thing was like tapping on the cabinets in my kitchen. And I just thought I was like, I don't know, hearing tapping and it was normal because I was physically hearing tapping. So Olivia comes into my house and she's like, there's this older woman here telling me that something taps in your kitchen. And you told me that she showed you this like little thing that was in the house. Like, I feel like she pointed or maybe, I don't know, maybe because mm -hmm. you just like saw her. So it was like trying to speak to someone that like, doesn't speak or doesn't speak your language so she's like giving you cues through her body because you can see her mm -hmm. 
But yeah, that's what she's telling me right now is that she's not off standish. She just can't communicate to you in the way that you understand. Yes. Which is weird. Uh huh. <laughs> it's really cool. But one of the other things that Rosaline has explained to us, I think we talk about it in our past lives podcast, but she explained to us how neurodivergence kind of happens and it directly correlates to your past lives so if you had past lives as human beings just over and over and over again you just keep incarnating as a human being you are more what's the word i'm looking for you are more likely to kind of be incarnated into someone that's neurotypical because over all of your lives you have developed this idea of what it's like to be a human you have developed what social cues means you have developed what basically like weird things that humans do you have developed the idea of what they're doing so when you are put in to another body and incarnate here you're able to remember those things again you're able to develop those social cues and all of those things but if you have past lives as like other spiritual beings or animals or things that don't have that same ego or that same societal structure coming in as a human is going to be harder for you because you're like you're like new at this like you need to learn what social cues means you need to understand all of these weird human things that we do and it's going to be harder for you to develop that so that's why you come in as neurodivergent it's because you haven't done this before or you haven't done this as much as someone else that is neurotypical that generally incarnates as human beings i was thinking about this the other day as i was driving in my car probably trying not to cry for like the fifth time listening to music (laughs) and i was thinking about how we as humans like why why do souls incarnate as humans when we can incarnate as so many other things to learn stuff and my spirit guides were showing me our last video or one of our past videos that we did on the Akashic Records and how having different past lives basically trickles down into your human existence itself, like how you perceive the world and things like that. And I wanted to know why, like, I mean, we could learn so many other cool things about like the reason we incarnate is to learn certain lessons as a spirit it is to gain spiritual enlightenment to have sympathy and empathy and understanding of other beings existences basically in relation to your own that's why we incarnate whether it be as a human or something else and i was just thinking to myself i don't understand why we have to have such a and I want to preface this of I thought about this topic twice because the first answer that my spirit guides gave me I feel like wasn't either good enough or it was also that I was in a different mindset so the first time I had this question and was thinking about it uh, my spirit guides told me well it's because you and M talk about how earth is like a video game and earth is a very lower dimensional existence for souls to incarnate in and you know, it's sucky. You learn a lot of lessons because it's sucky. It's probably one of the hardest dimensions or physical existences to incarnate in. And that's why you have to do it because most souls that are tenacious enough to try and learn a lot of stuff 
in one life incarnate as a soul they're like this is this is the place where you're going to learn the most possible in your spiritual journey so that's why a lot of spiritual beings incarnate here but there's other reasons as well i was just thinking about it on a on an aspect of enlightenment like why and that's one of the reasons they gave me that understanding was given to me when i was a little more upset a little depressed perhaps and just down on whatever well i had the same thought a couple weeks ago maybe like well, a couple weeks later, maybe one or two weeks later. And my spirit guides are like, all right, since you're not such a sad bean, let's try this again. And I was like, no, just let me listen to Ed Sheeran and be by myself. (laughs) And they told me, you think about why, why do I have all of these emotions? Why do I feel like this all the time? Why am I always so exhausted from just being awake because you feel so many things all the time? They said, literally the reason a lot of souls incarnate on earth is because it's the most feeling of all dimensions because the way that you can perceive things is much less limited than other higher dimensions so I don't know we were just talking about how claircognizance is a way that souls speak in essence it's just they know things they don't need the other clairs the other clairs are for us as physical beings basically and they're like if you only communicate in claircognizance as a different higher dimensional being, what are you going to learn from that? Not as much because you're not feeling as much, but being in a human existence, you can physically feel things, you can emotionally feel things, you can spiritually feel things. It's just literally an overload of existence. It's probably just the hardest existence that you can have. Okay, I have a question that you won't know the answer to. Uh huh. Why do we need to do that in the first place? If all of the other spiritual beings just speak through claircognizance, why did we create a world where we do that? Because it gives you a different understanding. Understanding of what? Of an, of, of an existence. That we created ourselves. Well, <laughs> it's not... Yes, we created ourselves, but it was created on behalf of creator. Creator. Yeah, but why? (laughs) I don't know. I can't speak to creator. Yeah, I find it interesting that we have to learn lessons, but it's like, why? If no one else on on the other dimensional planes deal with this, why do we need to deal with it? What helps us? Well, it's not that they don't deal with it. It's just that the way that they deal with it is different from a level of understanding same same but different they're telling me that it has to do with like the big bang of like when creator or god itself was created that's why everything else has to have some sort of something to have an understanding it all ties back to like that ah that's what they're telling me (laughs) sorry Uh it's like once creation itself was created it was like it was created from this understanding to have something for this I know that's very, very vague. But anyways, I thought it was kind of beautiful because our existence is so intense, I guess is the way I should explain it, which is why a lot of So is that why a lot of people it just stay here and incarnate as humans over and over again? Well, that I was thinking, I haven't... That I did not ask them because that did cross my mind. I thought that's what you were getting to. Oh, no, no. (laughs) Well, I'm wondering why is it that they're telling me that those souls sometimes just there's two factors there's the more human factor and then there's the more spiritual factor um they're telling me there's a lot of branches that go off on it quote unquote divergence so for your question 
there's a lot of people, and I know we've talked about this once before in another podcast, is people continue to reincarnate as humans because they become tied to human existence itself and the fact that it's almost kind of unhealthy. Um, however, there's also souls that incarnate because of the soul fact that they want me to say this one first of that they really like human existence itself. It's like certain people incarnate within the human existence over and over and over again because they are supposed to have human existences in order to help other souls traverse this existence itself. And then the third... Yeah, they were telling me the same thing, but it's because if you say that, a lot of people are like angry about the... Uh people think that these souls that come in to help other people that they're kind of like oh sorry can, what you can finish your thought they just gave me a, a, a funny answer <laughs> what are you gonna say because it might be the thing that i'm thinking of. um well i was thinking about how they're saying some people incarnate continuously because they feel obligated or it's like their soul's purpose is to help other souls traverse this existence because it's so hard and it's so intense so that's why they stay here um but they also told me that sometimes when you level up and become spiritually whatever they're saying it's like checks and check and balances um i spoke to a client one time that has a past life and i say past life loosely because it's not entirely quite that as an angel now, angels are a lot of higher spiritual beings, and I don't, we don't really have a podcast or any information on them yet because I don't understand them entirely. But from the information that I've gotten from doing readings in my spirit guides, this, my client, it was a great reading, has loosely a past life as an angel. And the reason that they incarnated as a human in this existence is to become more grounded. <laughs> That's what her spirit guide said literally because they were getting like too big for their britches mm -hmm. and they're basically telling me that when higher dimensional beings lose their sense of reality because they don't have to exist on a place that gives them the understanding that they need as a spiritual being they kind of get sent here to get humbled a little bit got you which is interesting <laughs> Yeah, so what I was going to say is that, like, in a video game, people think that there are souls that incarnate who are, like, the ones that are programmed to do two things in video games. I forget what they're called. Bots? Basically, there's a name for them. But people think that souls come in and do that, and there's a lot of, like, controversy about it because they're like, those souls have purposes, and my spirit guide's trying to explain to me that people don't come in as those things as like the robots in a video game that help pull the story for the people that are like the main characters or whatever those souls have a very important role within this plane of existence because they're showing me like in harry potter the with like the ministry of magic and how the entire plane like the third dimensional plane is set up and it's like there are souls that want to work up in higher dimensions in different jobs and things like that but there are souls that want to work in this lower dimension and do specific jobs within this lower dimension so it's not that they're like don't have a purpose or like are literally there to help the main character do that 
they still have a goal. They still have a job. They aren't like this mindless robot doing things like that. It's very much they want to not only help the souls that are here, but they also have other jobs that we wouldn't understand as a human being within this plane of existence. And it's they don't want to like become like a spiritual being or like go further up because their job is within the third dimension. Yeah. They explain it to me as um, like checks and balances, like in an economy, like our free market. So some souls incarnate together, like you and I, we were really good natural check and balance, but there's other people that incarnate in life and their life here in earth is just so hard for them to learn that actual, like you said, the bots that aren't mindless are there to help them. They have a name. It's something with an N. I don't own video games, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of it because I want to say it. So obviously that was not going to happen for me. <laughs> That's all right. It happens all the time. But uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Neurodivergence, my dudes. But yeah, this uh, also goes into the idea that neurodivergence is genetic. So I feel like that is also correlated to mediumship being genetic as well, because neurodivergence is the one thing or disorder if you have one of these disorders that directly affects how your brain develops and how your ego develops so that would be why we keep saying that mediumship is genetic it's because it's directly correlated to neurodivergence which is generally genetic yeah, my mom's a psychic medium. If you guys don't know, I have a, a brother. My brother, as far as we know, is not a psychic medium. But he was born before me. I was born after him. I have mediumship abilities. He does not. However, undiagnosed, we believe that he has um, autism as well. So, M thinks that I have autism. I am not sure. You should watch Paige Layell's video. Can we do that later? Yeah. And we were supposed to do it last week, but I got sad and tired. So I also had to go to an Easter party. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you was did. Easter. Easter's. I've had the diarrhea since Easter's. Okay. Jack Black, are you listening? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. God. Is, so so uh, do you guys relate to any of this? If you do, I don't know where you can comment this. If you're on YouTube, let us know. If you're not you could probably leave an Apple podcast review. <laughs> yes, and literally just quote, Nacho Libre, I've had the diarrheas since Easter's, and we'll know who you are. Unless you're, Black, ja unless you're Jack Black yourself, then please say that you're Jack Black. I will not answer any imposters, only Jack Black. Also, I'm going to give you a shameless plug. If you want more neurodivergence and mediumship, I created a TikTok channel called the Hey Bye Spirit. It's at the Hey by Spear. Go check it out. I talk about being autistic and being a psychic medium. When I type in the Hey by Spirit and find your TikTok, will it sing to me like you just did now? No. What? Not interested. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. So, so, did you guys know that this topic was brought to you by our, our patrons? patrons. I really want you guys to let us know how you think your neurodivergence influences your psychic abilities or intuition or mediumship. Yeah, because there's no there's no like information that we could have researched about this other than 
this is what neurodivergence is. Yeah, this is just a hypothesis that we've birthed from our minds during- From our spirit guides. I got all this information from my spirit guide because I was researching neurodivergence and she's like, that's why you do this. That's why you do that. And I'm like, "Ah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's something that we've hypothesized since- The beginning of time. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) The beginning of time of metapsychics, yeah. It's a, it's interesting. We've been really nervous about making this podcast because there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. There's a lot of controversy with it. Mm. Um, I'm just trying to find our lovely patrons so that we could tell you all about them. And while I do that, we have 38 patrons. And uh, once we reach 50 patrons, we're going to open a P.O. box. So uh, don't you want to get in on that? I do. It'd be a really cool time. Okay, I pulled it up. <laughs> Took long enough. You ready for the shout outs? Yeah. Shannon. Ooh, Shannon. Hey, I know you're probably going to listen to this a lot later since this we're recording Since this, this. is going to be live a lot later. Yeah, it's going to be live a lot later. But when we're doing this, Shannon, just so you know, if you're still a patron, you became a patron like yesterday. Wow. So thanks. Cindy. Santa. Kylie. Mev. Laura. Roynika. Mystery Girl. Trinity. Avery. Cass. Anthony. Violet. Peyton. Farina. Allie. Mac. Mac. Josie. Autumn. Thias. Victoria. Jenny. Laurel. Brianna. Nate. Bradley. Sandy. Nas. Sherry. Christina. Sushi. Sushi. Anita. Katie. Katie. Charles. Holly. Krista. Flo. Malake. Uh-huh. Ibitha. If you're reading this. Ibitha. And by not reading this, I mean listening to this, because I know what I'm saying and you don't, obviously, because I said it wrong. Who? Ibi. Oh. Ibitha. That was uh, our band school, band teacher used to call her Ibitha. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of her young siblings used to also call her Ibi, because I guess Abby is hard for children to say. Mm-hmm. So Ibitha has been the tier term of endearment. In my which- niece used to call my sister Bob for the longest time because mom was too hard. You're welcome. That's what really, were you gonna say? That's really cute. <laughs> my brother couldn't. My brother couldn't say Olivia. So for like the first Ol- five years, Oliva. Oh no, no, even worse. For the first five years of my life, he would introduce <clears throat> me as to people as Oia. That sounds fun. But since he's uh, autistic, he could say articulated dump truck, but he couldn't say Olivia. It was Owea. He would say, my name is Mito. This is Owea. And this is my articulated dump truck that he would hold under his arm. Well, at least you do, he didn't call you Bob. I, I mean, I feel like Bob would be better. Yeah. <laughs> Next time we go to a psychic fair, it was I'm just- very close to a weenie. What is a weenie? Like me, like Weenie Hut no, General. Like him saying, "What? What did you say?" Oweya. Yeah, a weenie. Uh, yeah, my mother would go up to him and say, "No, no, a weenie, Sorry. Mitchell. It's Olivia," and he'd go, "Oweya," and then O-wee-ya. she'd go, "What is it that you're holding under your arm that weighs as no. much as you?" And he'd go, "Articulated dump truck." It would be like, "Okay, say <laughs> oh, oh, le, le, va, via, yeah." Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> now all together, faster. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that is your dissertation and TED talk on neurodivergence and mediumship. 
Thank you. All you have to say, and we're your meta psychics. And we're your meta psychics! Do it. Naruto! Sasuke. Articulated dump truck. Wow.